The doors are closed, but the store is open just for you. At the Crate and Barrel Private Registry events, you can sip and scan your way through the store with music, food, drinks, and a fun party vibe. Don't worry, you'll get plenty of one-on-one guidance along the way from our dedicated registry experts. You can see your favorite gourmet brands in action with demos of the kitchen machines and tools that we've been eyeing. And when the party's over, head home with a special gift from us to toast the day. Wink, wink. It's free wine glasses. Let's make it a date. RSVP today for a Crate and Barrel private registry event at crateandbarrel.com slash stores slash events. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this. Nair, yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you could have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Ash, I just woke up from a week-long nap. We took last week off, and I've been sleeping ever since. I've had a good amount of sleep this week as well. It's important that we take some time off, right? People got mad, though. (laughs) I get it. It's mid-season, and you know, I take it as almost like uh, an encouragement to us. Oh, totally. Yeah, people are upset. But you know what? We decided that since it was July 4th, which is a massive weekend here on the lake for me in Indiana. And then Ashley was celebrating it with who? Um, Jared just went home. Fourth of July, I wish we had more traditions in Virginia, but we don't. But we went to our friends for barbecue and we watched fireworks. Pretty, pretty common. Pretty standard. Pretty yeah. Standard. But it's a big week for me. So the funny part about it, and nobody gets this, and Jessica came back to Winter Lake for the very first time last the week. The first time? Hometown. Very first time. Oh, wow. Okay. She's been in the Denver fourth- so much. I know. Well, but I'm not home very often, like to my hometown. But the 4th of July in Indiana, or especially on the lake here in in Wino Lake, has a lot more tradition than any other holiday. Like, it's a big deal. There's a parade. I love that. that. I want that. Uh, They call it the Hood Parade. Um, The fire trucks come out, and then everybody in the lake does fireworks. And one of the traditions that I have is my mom and I, every year, we go out and we buy a ton of fireworks, then we light them off together. Um here on the lake on the 4th of July. So it's a big week. We took it off. We apologize, uh, but we didn't miss a ton. I mean, this is really the big week that we need to start diving in. Well, last week we missed that promo, the the windmill. (laughs) So we missed a lot in the teaser, but we didn't miss a ton in that episode, but we can always talk about the windmill later in this episode. Um, you know, so, it's, it's referring to next week's episode anyway. So, I mean, we're going to really dive into it next week. Ben, I want to tell you why yeah. this week was a big deal for me. <laughs> why, why is it? Um, last week, I, I guess I mean, it was the last time I hung out with my dad before our wedding week. Oh. And it was the last time I slept in my childhood room as an unmarried woman. Oh, yeah. Like it was the last time I slept in my bed at home alone because my parents or my dad specifically doesn't didn't allow Jared and I to sleep in the same bed together yeah. while home. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that's that completely makes sense. I get what he's doing and, and he should. Yeah, that's is, a good, good isn't rule. That, isn't that crazy? That that I was like, like, this is the last time I'm waking up in my bed alone at home. <laughs> oh, how does it feel? I mean, what are the emotions running through your head? It's just like so surreal. It's just so crazy. It's very nostalgic and like, it just, I don't know. Does it feel like you're turning into like, cool? what's the, okay, Ashley, let's talk about the transition. Like, what does this transition feel like? Do you feel like you're forming, turning into something new, different, or or, or what's the feelings? I think that like, as a kid and as a teenager, you're always thinking like, oh, when I'm married and stuff, I'm going to be a real adult. And like, what's going to happen with my relationship with my family? Is it going to be any different? But what I really love is that Jared just fits in and it just feels like there's five of us now instead of four of us. And it Mm -hmm. still feels like that we're the kids. We still go like in the kid car and stuff like that when we're driving separately. Mm -hmm. It, I, I like the way it doesn't feel like much is changing. 
just that we're mm-hmm. adding a new family member who feels like my sister's brother. And mm-hmm. my mom, even before Jared and I were ever together, said to my dad, this is like a year before Jared and I got together. She was like, could you really imagine any other guy other than Jared being our son-in-law? Mm. So yeah, it, it just, it uh. just fits. It does fit. Now, is this the, the, now that it's happening, is this the vision that you had for your, your, your mate and your, your future was that it would fit? Like it does feel like he is a son to them and that they, he is a brother to your sister, which is weird. Cause it also means he's a brother to you, but I get the context <laughs> know, right? that you're saying it in. Um, this, is this how you would want it? Like, is this, is this good? I think this is definitely how I wanted it to be when I got older, like in my like mid to late twenties, I always wanted it to be like this. I always wanted to feel like my sister's brother and for him to just fit in. I think when you're younger, you have like this totally different idea of what like marriage and creating your own family is. You think of it's more of like, a, like you're going to take another step instead of like growing what you already have. But I love growing what we already have. Such an important message right there that I wonder how people feel is, you know, is marriage taking a new step or is it growing what you already have? Uh, that's that that's a huge, a huge uh, there's a dichotomy between the two of those that we maybe can't fully process. But there that is a massive uh, moment for you to either take a new step forward. And I know some people have to do that. Right. Maybe their family is no longer uh, around or maybe it, it's not a healthy family dynamic. But then also you have that dynamic that you're walking into where it's healthy and people are around and you're just saying, this is just something new. It's adding on to what's mm-hmm. already been there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Thanks. Ash, thanks for sharing that. That's a really cool moment for you guys and a really amazing week that Ashley Canetti, uh, soon to no longer be Iconetti, stayed <laughs> in her house for the last time so crazy. as a non-married woman. Ashley You've you've been formed in front of us over these last two years and that everybody out there listening <laughs> has been able to be a part of it. Oh, thank you, Ben. You're sweet. All right. Should we jump into the episode? Well, yeah, I think we should transition this way. I think we should say as Ashley no longer uh, is a single woman living in her house. It's very uh, it could be very possible that this week Hannah comes home to her future husband's house that. for the very first time. Oh, ben, look at transitions. that. What in a wild, wild relationship that we have. Ashley, before we get digging in here to Hannah's week going to the hometowns, I would love for you to tell all of our listeners about this help, the sponsors that help put this on. And Third Love is one that I know you love. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about how last time I was with you, you actually called Jess and asked what her bra size was? You're like, I seriously overheard this conversation (laughs) because he was, because Ben was getting his Third Love bra for Jess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fun. It was weird and fun, yeah. Well, they are amazing. I'm sure she's gotten hers and loves it. I love mine. It is like the perfect, it just, it's just the perfect bra. It makes my girls look perky and high and well-supported. And it doesn't include like a ton. It doesn't have like a ton of padding, but it does the job the way you want it to do it. That's because Third Love uses these data points that are generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz. They designed bras with not just breast size, but shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. They offer more than 70 sizes. This is more than any other company, including their signature half cup sizes. I'm not going to go into detail with you, Ben. I don't want to like reveal Jess's like personal business like this. 
but I wonder if she's a half cup size because I'm a half cup size in third love and it's really changed the bra game for me. You get to skip the trip to the mall and find your fit with Third Love's online Fit Finder quiz. You order online and you try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. It is very weird to have to shop for such an intimate item and have people like wanting to measure you. You just don't mm. like it. I never I've never been measured in the store. I'm like, no, yes, thank you. I will keep trying on myself. Um there's a 100% fit guarantee because every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put the bra to the test. And if you don't love it, you can just return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's really crazy how a lot of donation companies, they don't take bras. They just don't accept bras. So I'm really glad that Third Love is finding a way to get bras to to women in need. Um, Third Love's Fit Finder experts are dedicated to helping you find the perfect fit. They're available every day via text, chat, or phone. I love it when companies have that online chat or text feature. It just, it changes the game. Because I don't know about you guys. I really don't like phone calls. But I'm a millennial, so of course I don't. Um, the returns and exchanges, like I said, are free and easy. They're the most comfortable bras you're ever going to feel. Promise you the straps don't slip. They're tagless labels. There's no itching there. And right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com. That is T-H-I-R-D love.com slash famous to find your perfect fitting bra today and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that is thirdlove.com slash famous for 15% off today. I think everybody knows that amazing feeling that it is coming home after a long day, washing your face, brushing your teeth and getting yourself in bed. And to enhance the feeling, it's the best when you have the Freshest, fluffiest duvet, sheets, pillows, comforters. Jared and I have gotten all of ours from our Crate and Barrel registry. They help us relax and it makes our time alone together in bed <laughs> even better. Sleep is better, right? Just that that feeling that you get to look forward to is better. Adding these products to our wedding registry with Crate and Barrel was super easy and fun to pick out because, you know, you're in the store and you just scan it right on your phone. Or if you'd forget to register for bedding or you want to figure out which kind you need extra time to think about what you want to choose. Jared and I just got our flannels, which, you know, we're going to save for a colder season. But you get to go back and add those things on the app as well. So you don't have to register for everything in the store. You can think about some things. I really like that about the Crate and Barrel app and registering with Crate and Barrel. So if you want a bed like ours, <laughs> and it's a good one, I'll tell you, that's a really, really good one. It's so comfy with all of our new sheets and pillows and comforters, and it looks so good. It looks adult. And it's timeless, like everything at Crate and Barrel. It's classic. It's going to be stylish and look great for so many years to come. Start your Crate and Barrel registry at crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending... $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. (laughs) Or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about something we all can relate to, hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns, ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, 
this is so awful, but I, I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but this smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said it, my bathroom smells like a spa. I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, because we took last week off, uh, this week was a big week for us to discuss. We knew this would be one of the weeks that we help or hopefully discover where Hannah's at in these relationships. And I want to start this whole thing, Ashley, before we break down, I think date by date, hometown by hometown is walking into this week after last week, because we didn't get to discuss it with the listeners and our friends last week. What was your expectations? What were you excited about? And kind of what were your takeaways from last week leading into hometowns? Okay. Well, based on the preview that we were given last week, we, if we really dissected it, we could see that every guy made it to hometown mm-hmm. to, to fantasy suites. Good good point. So I think what I was most interested in was seeing why she was so torn and so indecisive that she couldn't eliminate someone during hometowns, meaning that she liked everyone's hometowns or liked every guy enough to bring him along. Um, and I guess this week to me, was Luke's best week, most likable week. And it created, and it made Jed 
somebody who we maybe don't know if Hannah's going to enjoy family time with in the future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point. And I think that's the big takeaway from last week is we watched last week's episode and we saw the promo. We knew that something uh, probably not very dramatic was going to happen this week. This week was really kind of the filler. It's important to meet the families. And I think as Ashley and I spoke last week about the episode, the one thing that we were just excited about was just continuing to see when and how the Luke P. Hannah dynamic was going to play out. And we got to see that this week. But before we dive into Luke P., Ashley, I want to start with the very first hometown that we saw. Yeah, let's go in chronological order. I think that would be the best way. And our very first hometown was with Pilot Pete. Pilot Pete lives in West Lake. Can we talk about how that was totally the epi- the the part of the episode that was taped last? Because Pete lives in I mean, I am just guessing here. Okay. But but let's it's an educated guess because yeah. Pete lives in West Lake Village, California, which is legitimately not even 10 minutes away from the Bachelor Mansion. Hannah's yeah. hotel is in West Lake, California. So I just figured that was the day before the rose ceremony, which is possibly why she gave him the rose first. She was like, I had so much fun there. That was easy breezy. I'm giving him this rose fresh in her mind. It, you could you I mean, honestly, that's a lot how this happens. Oftentimes the other part, though, could be that maybe he was the first because they flew back into L.A. And before she took off again, oh, they just so? wanted to film this first. Could be it definitely. But either way. He pulls up here. Right. Actually, this is where I get a little bit envious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that my main feeling, and I'll explain why as we continue uh, through this episode, was envy and jealousy. Uh, I'll explain as we go. Okay. But my first moment of envy was he pulls up in a little sexy Mercedes. Yeah, I know. Uh, not what we picture Peter in, but he pulls up in a Mercedes and he calls it his girl or something. And you know what I drive? We've talked about it before a 2008 Ford Escape. Like, this thing has been my high school car. If I pulled up to pick up my date in this car, the last thing they're saying is, that car's sexy. But Peter, (laughs) he not only has a nice car, he also flies a plane. I know. Ashley, at this point, what are your thoughts on Peter? Peter is like, he used to be that Boy Scout, and now he's kind of the stud. Does a stud have to have a nice car? No, not at all. But... It's it like adds an allure to him. Sure, it helps. Gosh dang it! I'm like Delta is good to that guy. Delta's been good to him. Really good to him, and he seems to to know how to drive it. The other thing he seems to know how to do is make things a little awkward. (laughs) And one of the big moments of this week that I didn't think would even be a big moment, but surprise, surprise, Peter's had sex, and (laughs) we've seen him be very physical. With Hannah throughout the season, we talked about it two weeks ago where it's crazy that we still view Peter as kind of the innocent, non-edgy guy, yet we've seen the most edge out of him throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And Hannah finds a condom in his car. Is that awkward? Is that funny? Ashley, what is your take? I think it's funny. They were like, they obviously handled it well. He's an adult and at least he's safe, (laughs) right? I don't know. It was funny that she was snooping through the center console because like you just find out you actually can find out so many things about somebody through what's in their center console. (laughs) 
that's a, it, through their center console. The things lie in there for drawer. years. Like, R- right? Yeah. My center console has like the most outdated CDs in them. Things from 10 years ago are in there. They still, does your car have a CD player? Yeah. Did yours? Yeah. So, yeah, mine does too. I still have a CD in my player Me that I too. play. Me too. Oh, I have them. Like, I have Taylor Swift albums that I'm like actually a little OCD and, uh, I'm just like a little bit superstitious about the order that they're in and that they, that they stay in that spot. <laughs> I would, I feel a little bit like this is a great moment for us to ask our listeners, uh, what would be the weirdest, or I guess what would be the most telling thing found in your center console of your car? Please email us at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. Let us know what the weirdest thing is. No judgment. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if I looked out there now, I could find like multiple odd things that people would be like, I don't get it this is odd. This is weird. I mean, you would find stuff literally since high school mm-hmm. in my center council. You would find a fishing license. That's probably, I know this for a fact <laughs> that you saw it. That's seven years, um, overdue. Like it, it's, uh, expired. It, it literally would be weird. So please email us at been iheartmedia.com or tweet us and hashtag almost famous podcast. And let us know what the weirdest thing in your center center council would be. I don't think it's weird that she found a condom. I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, he, like I said, surprise, surprise, he's had sex. He's at least safe. It's a funny moment though. And I think it's a little bit of foreshadowing to what we're going to see next week where sex is going to, I would imagine be the main topic to the episode. I think sex will be probably what we talk about most on this podcast next week, which will be fun and exciting and weird and a tad awkward, but it feels like we're ramping up to really have those really intense conversations. We see that too, that foreshadowing again with Luke at the school, the Sunday school, or just like, what would that be like? That's not Sunday school is a weird way of saying that, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, Small group, Sunday school, something like that. Okay. Well, we see him talking about sex there. And I just think that was so obviously a foreshadowing as to what we're going to talk about next week. A hundred percent. It really is. He's setting himself up for a massive implosion. But before we get to Luke, uh, Ashley, my takeaway from Peter's hometown uh, is that his family seems really great. It's it's kind of like, it almost feels like my family, mm-hmm. or at least it reminded me of my family in the sense of my parents were close, we love each other, but like, they're weird. We're, we're weird. Like, <laughs> I know that there's things that happen when we're together that people on the outside probably are like, this doesn't make sense. Like your dad is cracking jokes that like never completely finish. And (laughs) you know, like they, they bicker over the smallest of like house uh, or housing projects. But yet at the end of the night, they're always cuddling up on the couch, like ultimately very affectionate with each other. This is a weird family. It feels (laughs) like that for Peter's family. I really like Peter's family. Yeah. They're like the family that you most would want to hang out with. They're just super warm. I loved how emotional they were. I love that he brought up, he got so teary when he brought up his grandparents mm. and then his dad. Like, well, how do you explain the emotional <laughs> breakdown that his dad had? You think he's just like the most hopeless romantic man? Yeah. Well, also, I mean, and and this this podcast, I'm going to warn you now, and if you don't want to listen to it anymore, you can turn it off from here. But this is going to, there's a lot of very personal reflections that I've done through watching this episode and reminding me of my time on The Bachelor, actually. So I'm going to continue to pull back to like my own experiences oh, and talk about it. everybody loves that. Okay. I just want to make sure that everybody's clear that the, the, the way I related with this episode was how I related. But my dad broke down a couple times 
during my season. He broke down on after the final rose. Really? Uh, he broke. Th- oh yeah, he broke down during uh, when I when I showed when they showed up to Jamaica. Uh, my dad's very emotional, and it's weird. You got to think about this, Ashley, and we forget this piece, and I think it's good for us to talk about now. Is all of a sudden your son or your daughter goes on a show and they're gone for two and a half months. You haven't talked to them and they show up and all you want for them is for them to be filled with happiness. And now they are. You've missed out on a large portion of their life. And now they're telling you they're falling in love and they're telling you all about these amazing experiences they have. And you're sitting there trying to take all this in as a parent. I think it's very easy to break down, especially if you have that like sensitive like side to you. Mm hmm. It's tough. And he has a mustache. So we just got to like him for that. <laughs> he was just a very cute dad. I really, I dad. really liked that. That whole segment of the episode, I felt like it was super easy to watch. I think Hannah just had a great time. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't well, have much more to say about that. Well, the last question before I fill in Peter's is our synopsis that we've talked about is this. The hometown date was great. It felt like the one that was the most loving and the most accepting and the most joy filled, I think, throughout this whole episode. I also think it's the one that was carrying. It felt like uh, kind of the most progress uh, from start to finish. I want to say this, though, you know, one big moment that we we can't skip over is that Peter tells his mom that he's falling hard uh, and he's falling in love for Hannah. But he has yet to tell her, Ashley, what is your opinion? Is this the week? Or is this the time that it feels right? It feels almost weird for me to even ask you, like, is this the week to tell her that he loves her? Because it feels like there's like a time to it or a pressure on it. But would you, if he's feeling this way and he's telling his mom this, would you expect him to also tell Hannah yet? Or should he wait? I think per norm, they usually tell the bachelor, the bachelorette, the TV shaking. You have another earthquake? If you guys don't know, we, we record the, these episodes in Los Angeles. And there's been a lot of earthquakes recently. I think everybody's a little on edge at when the next one's going to hit. No, it's like, you're like shaking your leg and like the TV was shaking with you. Or maybe that was your screen. That was us yeah. in your screen and I was seeing an illusion. Everybody's on edge in Los Angeles right now. Okay. Every. So um, I think normally this is the week that they end up saying like, I'm falling in love with you. Or I'm in love with you. We always talk about the difference between those two. Um, I, I feel like. I would rather them wait to fantasy sweet week. Don't, okay. I just, I like it when they take their time with it. I think so too. I, I really do. I agree with you completely. It feels like if you have this feeling that you want to tell her, and I get that people are feeling this at this point, then you need to wait to the appropriate moment and doing it at hometowns. It doesn't seem like that moment because you don't get a lot of one-on-one time and there's not yeah. a lot of follow up to discuss you know, the, 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 just the backstory. And so I think, uh, the overnight section is the one that really makes it make sense. Uh, and, uh, it gives them the most time to one-on-one kind of speak about what they're actually feeling. But Peter has now said it. We know how Peter's feeling. His heart's on his sleeve. His family's now invested. Peter's invested. We like Peter a lot on this podcast. We have since the beginning. I still think if he isn't the one chosen, he's the next bachelor. It's either him or Mike. Know. Really? I do. Ben. Okay, so I'll play a little devil's advocate here, but actually, it's not even a devil's advocate, it's just how I feel. <laughs> um, let's look at the the Instagram numbers. I think that it's so hard to deny the fact that Tyler has 100 Oh, let me see what he's got. He had over 100. He over had over 
800,000 yesterday when I checked, and he probably has more now. He has 838,000 followers. That's how invested women are in him versus Peter, who has almost 500. And let's see, Jed. I mean, Jed has obviously, like, he's just not a candidate anymore after the cheating thing. He has 350,000. And then, well, Luke is obviously also not a candidate. So, yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, it typically does seem to follow what the fans are most invested in. I also think that those numbers are a little skewed right now because there's a lot more people on Instagram than ever before. And so I think the differentiator between those four is very telling to what fans are following. And I think, like you said, Tyler seems to be the fan favorite. But the question is, the show knows more than anybody else, and it's been our question all season, is, is he ready? Which we're going to get to know a little bit more on his hometown, if he's ready or not. But before we do that, we have a couple of sponsors once again that we want to talk about and think because we appreciate them more than they probably even appreciate us. <laughs> what keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, Say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's 
in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs in Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about something we all can relate to, hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns, ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long, it, ugh, no, ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argan oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We now visit the beautiful Jupiter, Florida. Hey, quick fact here. My cousin, my dad's cousin, is the town manager of uh, Jupiter Island, Florida. So I've been down there many times. Very familiar. My whole family's from there. 
um, or my, on my my grandpa's side. So I've been to Jupiter a bunch. It's a beautiful area. Uh, Ashley, as we talked about before we took a break, Tyler is definitely the fan favorite in the f- last four remaining. Uh, he's shirtless, <laughs> driving a boat, yeah. uh, rubbing sunscreen on uh, Hannah, and she's rubbing it on him. Can we picture a sexier date? No, it was the ultimate Tyler date. It was perfect for Jupiter. It was perfect for Tyler. A boat and a tiki bar followed by his lovely family. It was just great. And like Tyler just keeps winning this. Like in my eyes, like Tyler is the one that there's just like nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong right now. I mean, I guess Peter, there's nothing wrong with Peter either. No, the two of them feel very similar and like who they are and how they're interacting with Hannah and who they are is just men. And they're both good looking dudes who have it together, who seem like guys who want to do the best possible or live life in the best possible way to be the best possible men. I, I feel like this episode made like, if you had any doubts about Tyler being a player yeah. after seeing him with your fit with a family, cause I, I feel like everybody's had those, those doubts all season. Like how can he be this great and be this good looking and la la la. But then you see him with his family and you're like, no, I pretty much think this guy is straight up genuine. Yeah, I do. You know, the only thing that I get to and I know this will women everywhere will just be so mad at me for saying this. This will be great. (laughs) I look at his I look at his Instagram and I do wonder how much self-promotion is going on. I, I do that often with these guys. You know, there's a lot of modeling pictures, that kind of thing. That's the only thing that's still making me go. Is this guy like is he in it to not be about himself? And I think. I, I started out questioning it a few weeks ago. I discussed that and I am starting to be sold that he really is in it for Hannah, that he's in it to try to find somebody. He just happens to be ridiculously good looking. Yeah. And I think the country is starting to turn and say, yeah, he's not a player. He hasn't at least shown any signs of it yet. And we have, I mean, the crazy part is we've now heard it with both Peter and Jed that they've maybe had relationships leading up to the show. Yeah. What's up with the Peter thing? Can you, do you know anything? There's speculation that he had a girlfriend as well. Yeah. But they broke up about a month before filming started, which feels a lot better to me than just leaving with a girlfriend telling her, Hey, when I come back, like this will be all good. Yeah. So I think that's why Jed's, you know, kind of story continues, but, um, we haven't heard anything about Tyler he seems to be one escaping through the clear. And so we're, let's let's assume Tyler's not a player. Then we have this really good looking dude who drives boats around Florida <laughs> who isn't a player. Ashley, are you a, in the Tyler camp? Oh, yeah. I mean, Tyler is number one. Really? Tyler's my number one. I think Tyler is the one that we're all saying, this guy's got that it factor. He's got something special. Ashley, Tyler, everybody on Twitter last night, uh, you know, it's we've gotten a lot of responses on Twitter. And then also through email, but everybody on Twitter last night was saying how emotional these uh, hometown dates made them. And the emotional piece that I found out that really got people going was Tyler's uh, time home, seeing his dad for the first time. A couple of weeks ago, we heard that Tyler's dad had been sick uh, right up until Tyler left. Uh, also that, you know, Tyler's dad did it really well for himself uh, about 10, 15 years ago, and then ultimately lost their, their childhood home to the recession. So there's a lot of backstory and grit built into Tyler and his dad's relationship. And so I think when they saw Tyler's dad for the first time, there was a lot of emotion there. And it reminded me of my story that one, I don't know how often we've even talked about on the podcast. And I almost think I've never talked about it during the show. It's kind of crazy. So 
I get it. You and viewers, I need you to understand this. You leave this podcast or leave for leave for this show. You're gone for months at a time. You don't have contact uh, with anybody back home, no phone, no computer, no internet, no nothing. And so you leave and say, I'm going to p- kind of put life back home on pause for months and go explore love for so many reasons. It's a great thing. It helps you focus. It takes away outside, uh, like, uh, distractions, but for a lot of reasons, it's also hard and sad. And there's a lot of like excitement and anxiety and emotion build up to when you talk to your family who you love dearly or friends for the first time in a long time, right before my time on the bachelor, my dad, and Ashley, I think you knew this. He had triple bypass mm-hmm. surgery a week and a half before I left for the bachelor. The bachelor. Like the bachelor. Yeah. So like he was recovering still up until really the day I left. And then when I left him, I go on the show and we're traveling the world. Or really for me, it was uh, the North, just North America. Um, While at the same time, I'm not going to talk to this guy who I saw on a hospital bed, get his chest cracked open. It's hard. I have a question. Did they let you talk to your parents more often than like, we obviously the regular cast can't call home. I actually got to for like 30 seconds once because my parents 30th anniversary, maybe. Yeah. It was their anniversary. My, my dad's, Oh, my dad's 60th birthday. So I got to call home for 30 seconds. Did you get to call home more often, especially given that your dad was sick? Yeah, I definitely did. But at the same time, they're always really weird conversations because you never get to have them alone. Yeah. So they're either being taped or there's about four people sitting around you. So like if, you know, as my dad, you know, is saying these things and as I, you know, remember the last time I saw him, him in the hospital bed, like I, you get emotional. Well, then, you know, it's going to be on TV. And do you, I guess for me, I don't want to use my dad's, you know, heart surgery to bring in emotion from the fans or the viewers like that feels like I'm almost playing the victim yeah. and using to my band. So like, I would try to keep it together. Dad, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. good dad. Happy for you. Like, I don't want to dig deep like I would if we were together. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think this is a really precious moment for Tyler and his dad. And one that I do understand and get, all I'm trying to say here is I get what it feels like to walk into a room and see somebody you love for the first time in months when you've been thinking about them constantly and worrying about them constantly and you see them and you hug them and it feels like a weight is lifted, but at the same time, at least during this hometown, it felt like it was just the beginning to a lot of emotion being shared for Tyler to say, hey, I'm bringing this girl home who I really care about. Yeah. Tyler, that makes sense? Oh, absolutely. I think that what um, Hannah was actually so attracted to was the fact that Tyler kind of like put the family pants on during the the dad's coma when his dad was so sick that he like kind of took over for his dad and i think leading a family like that taking care of business is always a very attractive quality for a woman to see in a man and she was like oddly giddy over it you know yeah no i mean wouldn't you be like oh absolutely yeah i mean as a man or uh as a mom think about it this way if you were a mom and you saw your son you know buckle up the bootstraps, put on the pants and start to be a a father figure and Mm -hmm. also a male influence in the household. That's not only a proud moment for a mother, but it's also a really attractive moment for any person, man or or woman, because you look at somebody, you go, 
you have uh, grit. You have a char- you have characteristics that show that you're ready for commitment and that you're a leader at, at any level. You're a leader who will step up to any type of problem that you're facing. And I think there's no wonder that Hannah is looking at this guy going, wow, this is something special. Totally. I get it. It's great. It was great, and then they sent. Then he sent her off in that in that uh, SUV, and it was hot. And again, Tyler winning the day. It just feels like to me after watching this week, Ashley, and, and we'll get into Jed more, and, and I don't want to just continue to pound him into the ground here, but I just have dismissed him so much from this whole show <laughs> that I watch this and I'm like, yeah, it's it's the it's the Tyler and Pete show. Like this other stuff is just like entertaining and it's a joke. Okay, well, let's talk about Jed when we get to Jed. Let's talk about yeah. Luke first because I do have, of course, the most to say about Jed's hometown. Yeah. Let's talk okay. about Luke. I think what we have found out this week about Luke and Hannah's relationship is that their common bond is over their religion and the faith is keeping her into him. Because perhaps she doesn't share that with the other three. It's interesting. We haven't heard. I'm thinking about now. We haven't heard the other three talk much about their faith. But at the same time, you know, this is where my envy really comes in. And I've spoken about it all season. And I have a theory now. It's been really hard for me to process. And and as you know, I respect this show a lot. And it's been really good for me. But I do have one major issue right now with the show that I'm. It's a theory. I, I cannot prove it. Um, But. I was wondering why, you know, my my faith in Jesus is the core of everything I do. It, I, a lot of the things I do don't make sense without it, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm boring, it's probably because I'm trying to p- practice or think about um, some of the teachings of Jesus. Or if I'm speaking about, you know, my love for family and my desire for kids, it's probably coming from my faith in Jesus. Or if it's my abil- my desire to serve and to use my time, maybe not for myself, but others, it's coming from my faith in Jesus. Like mm-hmm. it's the core of what I do. Mm-hmm. And it it was discussed often and it was never shown. And as a result, it was frustrating to me because, you know, as a Christian, it doesn't make sense for me to do many things in my life outside of trying to show that God loves each and every person that has ever been on this earth. Like it doesn't make sense for me to do that. It doesn't make sense for me to, to live a life that's, that's meaningless for, for any personal gain. That's not what I believe. And so I was frustrated often this season with how much Luke's faith was being shown because it, yes, I'm not going to question his faith. I don't think that's fair of me. I don't know what his interactions with God have been or have not been uh, or how healthy his relationship with God is. But for me, Ashley, it's really frustrating because Luke and I see very differently on our ideals of Christianity. We've talked about it two weeks ago is Luke's going to be a lot more conservative. Uh, he is going to feel uh, like a lot more things are black and white and the, the simplicity to the faith is going to feel very easy to explain where mine, you know, my faith really lies in a bunch of questions. I just have a thousand questions, but I, at the end of the day, I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and I believe that he is God because of my life experience. So, with all that being said, I'm, I was really frustrated with how much faith talk has been shown because it, it doesn't feel like it mirrors necessarily the faith that I have. And this week, it made sense to me for the first time. And I want to tell you why. And I want to hear what you think of this. And listeners, I want to hear what you think. So please email us at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. I think 
that my faith isn't entertaining because it has a lot of questions. Like my, my faith is driven by questions. What is this all about? What is life all about? How are we supposed to interact with people? Is there a God? Is there not a God? Does that God love us, like us, hate us? Is it just distant and forgotten? Like, what is God? Those are my questions. And that's how my faith is driven. And and really, that's how my conversations are driven. With Luke, it's entertaining because there's stances that has been taken. That It's entertaining because there's anger that's involved and there's conviction in what's right and wrong. And his communication style oftentimes is confusing and it often leads to us to get become opinionated ourselves. And so this week, as he enters into his Bible study or small group or whatever that was, it was entertaining to watch because his story confuses the masses while at the same time captivating us to the further story that's going to come down the line, which is, is he going to reject Hannah because she's had sex? I think that's why faith has been such a conversation with Luke. And I want to hear what you think. So you're saying that you think it's like a definitive thing. Like he doesn't question it. This is how it is. And so it's entertaining because it is entertaining it's oftentimes he, he's so, it's funny for the public. Yeah, because I guess he I guess it's entertaining because he, there's no wiggle room for him. Right. Yeah, And it's more fire and brimstone. It's it's the kind of conversations that we've had for, you know, with the history of the church and not to bore people, but, you know, in the last 400 years, we've slowly progressed into this very conservative mindset where Western, uh, you know, Christianity has become very, very much black and white, where we've lost the the majesty, the, the magic, the mysticism to it that Eastern Christianity has always had. And so his is very much like almost entertaining because it seems so far off from what anybody that isn't maybe a conservative southern born christian feels do you think do you think that he has gained a fan base this week amongst those very conservative not questioning southern christians oh i I think those i think a lot of people i mean i got a ton of texts from friends that are in the south that we differ and we talk uh beliefs and religion and they texted me and said wow how great is it i literally got a text from a buddy that says how great is it that the bachelor is finally showing christianity on television and my response was, but was it healthy? No, I mean, like, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look right, but it doesn't look good. It, it doesn't allow anyone that isn't a Christian to go, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, It no. feels isolating and rejecting, and it feels like the kind of the the tone that we've taken, and especially in our generation, with any type of divisive topics, is this is how it is, and this is how it isn't, and this is what I think, and this is what you should think. And now we're all going to get around in a circle and pep each other up and tell each other how great we are. And then we're going to go and live our lives and act like everything's perfect. It or feels at least very judgy, a little bit cult-like. I think it feels very, very Southern Baptist Christian. And I think that it, it for the masses that watch The Bachelor, it does feel very judgy. I, I completely agree with you. But it's frustrating to me because I sit here, Ashley, and I go... Everyone, I don't know Luke's faith. I'm not going to question if he believes or what his motives are. I don't know him. I don't know that. I don't. This isn't a Luke problem. This is a dis. This is a disagreement with his viewpoints, which we should all have, and we're all fair to have those. But what I want to say is that do you realize that there's so much more when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship with others and the majesty and, and the questions that this world has to offer than 
hey, don't have sex or hey, have sex. Mm -hmm. Like, do we know that there's such there's something so much more complex to this world than that? And why are we boiling down Christianity to be like, God, talk to me because he doesn't want me to do X or he doesn't want me to do Y. Why is that the tone that we're taking? And that's what's so frustrating to me is because I feel like it's just continuing to push us where Christianity acts as something that nobody can understand while the rest of the world rejects and laughs at it. Is it so weird that this show over the past couple of years has been so focused on sex and who is having or not having it? I think it is. Does it feel a little bit odd? Like It feels weird because I just don't think it's something that is I don't think it needs to be as big of a deal as they're making it seem season after season. Is it is sex sell that much? I think the topic of sex is such a intimate, raw topic for all of us and one that still feels a little bit taboo um, because of, you know, just our generation and kind of how our parents are raised that it feels like we're still like tiptoeing the line between doing something bad by talking about it. And so we all want to see it, talk about it, hear it. Um, I think we'll see that slowly go away to where we, we can have more honest dialogue that doesn't seem so weird. But yeah, I mean, I, but I'll be honest, Ashley, if there's a preview like this one that says Hannah had sex with a guy twice in a, in a lighthouse, like I'm going to be talking about it. A windmill. Windmill. <laughs> windmill. That's it. How do you do that? I don't going up and down. Is that thing that, that I have moves a feeling around? that a fantasy suite takes place in a windmill. Oh. Apparently Greece has windmills, even though, uh, Amsterdam and Holland and the Netherlands are known for their windmills. Um, I believe that this sex happens next week, but we'll see. Yeah, I think, Ashley, what I want to get out was I'm envious because I would have loved to talk about Jesus during my I season. Know. And I'm sad that I, I that wasn't a topic. And I'm also a little sad of how Jesus is being portrayed this season. For the right or wrong, if, if Luke was having so much sex that it was a problem, or if he was feel like having sex at all was a problem, and he's a better man because he stopped, and he was no longer mistreating women, or he was no longer mistreating himself, and his parting ways uh, allowed it for clarity to where he can now start to focus on people better, we got to celebrate that. Like That's a good victory in life for anybody to where they can get rid of things that are harmful to themselves to help them become a better person. Now, all those things will be different to everybody. But his friends are saying something the whole time, Ashley, that as viewers, I think we, we saw a lot of tweets. They're saying it's laughable because all of his friends are saying he's the nicest dude ever. One tweet that we got says, of course, Luke would fill the room with a bunch of people <laughs> that will make him look like the best guy ever. <laughs> do you agree or disagree? Or do you think that Luke back home is really that type of guy that everybody loves? I think that Luke back home probably surrounds himself with people that really genuinely like him, as we all do. I feel like he just uh, he rubs the guys in this in the bachelor house the wrong way because they don't see the world like he does mm. or tries to see the world. There's an interesting take that Lauren, uh, speaking of what you just said, Lauren Zima has an interesting take this week where I heard her talking and she said, you know, the one thing we got to give Luke credit for, and it seems like the fans are, is that he is still the one guy that's definitely there for Hannah. You know, Tyler and Pete embrace once Peter gets back to the house, like true friends do. And 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 Jed seems to get along with those guys just fine. But but Luke is still the guy that has no friends in the house, but is still there for Hannah. Do we feel like it, there is room for friendship while at the same time 
you're falling in love and dating the same woman. At a certain point, I think there's going to be tension between the friends, especially, especially when it comes top four. There's a good reason why that's the time where you stop interacting with the other cast members. You're completely separated from them. I don't know if a lot of people know that the only times you see the other cast members during this week and on is at rose ceremonies. And I do feel like they can have a great friendship but it definitely feels a little weird to be like congratulating and and stuff and being happy that the other guy's sticking around at this point cuz then it does feel like oh well how invested are you in her if you're still happy your your friend is hanging around i i think mm-hmm. you know you think you can question that i uh i look back on um my time with Sean Booth and we were really good friends and he obviously ended up with Caitlyn and i wanted to celebrate him but I also was happy for them because we were better friends. Like we were good friends. And so I wanted to celebrate them as a couple because I knew who he was as a, as a man. And, mm-hmm. and I knew at the time how much they cared for each other, but it did feel weird at all levels for him to ever confide in me about his relationship. And I sh- I'm sure it was vice versa. And so at some point we just stopped talking about it. Yeah. At some point, I think like you put it kind of on pause. It would be beneficial though. I will say this um, for Hannah, if Luke or if Tyler and Pete uh, get along really well, that at the end of this, if she ends up with one of them and not the other, because then they will hopefully discuss and, and, and they'll both understand why she was so into both of them. And there's no longer that tension between, oh my gosh, do you still think about Tyler? Oh my gosh, do you still think about Peter? They'll say, no, we, we all get along just fine. We respect each other. We like each other, but I'm ultimately moving on with one of those guys alone. Is that, that's not how... Sean was with you guys. Um, I, we talked for a little bit afterwards. I think it just gets hard. I think it gets weird because you have to watch it back then. And you have to see this person that you love saying things and doing things with your friends. And it's like, I don't like this. Like, <laughs> this isn't fun for me to watch her at all. Any level making out with people, especially people that I consider my friends. You take it personally for a while. And I think over time it fades. But there is good examples of people who get along post-show. I think Blake and Garrett get along really well Mm -hmm. post-show. I think, uh, you know, I don't know about Nick's season if they get along very well (laughs) post-show. But, you know, Cassie is really good friends with Kaylin, so that's happening post-show. Like, there's things that happen. That does exist. Um, Hey, Ashley, I want to talk to you a little bit. We obviously know that Luke's family is going to support him. I mean, it's family, and we'd hope they would. That would be really sad if they didn't. Do you, were you does your viewpoint of Luke after his hometown has it changed at all? I mean, has this done anything good for you? I mean, it helps him a little bit because his family seems genuinely nice and like they they seem pretty lovely, right? Um the the sister, the sister-in-law and the brother, they really try to defend him. It was interesting. I actually loved how Hannah was so upfront with like this hasn't been easy for us. Like he has created a lot of complications along the way. But um, I guess like this is the best I've ever felt about Luke. But it doesn't mean that like I am rooting for him in any capacity. Is it weird for you? Uh, a big article came out this week or last night on Us Weekly about Hannah's text during the show and how kind of her controversial tweet. there were. Yeah. Her tweet. Sorry. And we're into one tweet said, have you ever told a family that nobody likes your son that you know what I took? It doesn't sound like somebody that has a fiance. 
like with like that Luke is her fiance. Like, I don't think my fiance would be tweeting something like that. Oh, yeah. No, totally not. So it obviously doesn't end well. (laughs) Well, I mean, we obviously we I think it's like not a spoiler because we already see we've already seen uh, Luke's exit. So so it's pretty we're just kind of waiting to see when he goes home. I guess why why have they I mean, like, I know it's great teaser, but I'm still kind of confused why they would leave this so anticlimactic for us because they put the best stuff in the teaser. I mean, unless there's like better stuff waiting for us. Oh, I think from everything I hear, and I still don't know how this ends, but the rumors that go around Bachelor Nation right now and is that this season ends in the wildest way ever. The season ends? Yeah. But I'm talking about like the windmill, like her confessing to Luke that she did have sex with somebody in that whole scene, which is kind of like this season's fence jumping scene. I just am really curious as to why they've shown Luke attached to that scene. Cause wouldn't it be better if we didn't know who she was talking to in that moment? Like, why did they give away his exit for us? Well, because I think it's I actually, I have a theory that there's so many other amazing things that are going to happen in the next few weeks that that is just a small little moment. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think there's some crazy things going to happen. And I think her talking to Luke about this is something that we'll watch with intrigue and it will ultimately be a big moment, but it'll just be a moment and it won't be a storyline. Okay. Well, there is that whole, he comes back with the ring thing. That's something we've kind of forgotten about. Yeah. In the, in there's the a lot to do and a lot to go on. And we're, we're just really getting into it. We have weeks left. Um, so, okay. Finally, I, I want to touch once to again. Uh, Hannah sent some tw- uh, tweets, oh, tweets out last night okay. yeah. that were controversial that so. people seem to be uh, maybe criticizing or judging or also celebrating. Are you a fan of this? Did any of them rub you the wrong way? Uh, do you want her to continue this or she, should she stay off of social media until the end of the season? Oh, well, should we go through these? So she quoted Train's 2001 hit, Drops of Jupiter, uh, last night. And she tweeted, back from the atmosphere now drops of Jupiter in her hair alongside a photo of them in the ocean, her and uh, Tyler. So she's looking upon Tyler still highly, possibly nostalgic, romantically. Do you, do you confirm? Uh, yeah, I do confirm. I mean, I think, I don't think it points me to if they're together or not, but I just think there is a lot of, after reading through all the texts or tweets on each one of the people, it feels like you can tell definitely who she's in favor of and who she's not. And she's definitely in favor of Tyler. Yeah. So even if they don't end up together, she's still like a fan. Yes, definitely. And, and uh, Tyler has also tweeted very kind things about Hannah as well in the past couple weeks. I I think it's going to be one of those scenarios that even if they're not together, which I wouldn't be surprised if they are, there's a lot of respect and that this will ultimately come down to them sitting at like after the final rose or men tell all or whatever, either madly in love or just like super positive about each other. Yeah, totally. And then she tweeted during her dates with Luke and, and uh, Jed, God bless this mess. Uh, again, I don't think, I, I don't think that points us to thinking that she's with either of them. That's my read on that, right? I mean, public, what do you think? Let us know through Twitter or, or through email, but these tweets seem to be pointing that she's, if she's saying God bless this mess, like, I don't think she's with Jed or Luke, but maybe she is. But I, I mean, like, I guess it just could be like all of our families just a mess. Aren't they? Isn't it always? Well, not really. Not with me. 
<laughs> and probably not with you. You get along with Jess's family and yeah, man, great. this is not messy for us either. So our biggest mess is like, you know, how good of a time can we have? And if like baseball's on and how are we going to fit that into the dinner <laughs> schedule? So like, no, I get along great with her family and I'm sure there's going to be moments where like, Oh, we need a break. I mean, Jess just in a, spent a week with my parents and she left and she's like, that was awesome. Now I I'm guaranteeing there's moments where she was like, I need to get out of this house. This is crazy. But for the most part, we got along fine. So I don't know, Ashley, uh, listeners out there, please go back through, read this article. Um, it's, it just shows the tweets that Hannah was sending. It seems to be pointing into the direction of Tyler and Pete being the favorite. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. There's another tweet we have to read. What's that? She said during the Georgia date, which was with Luke, she goes, "Uh, I was on meds. I was sick. I went to urgent care. I do not know the things I said while in Georgia. So she did say about Luke in her interview, I'm in love with Luke. Or she said, I love Luke. And she goes, I mean, oh I'm falling in love with Luke. So oh. she obviously is saying like, I was totally incoherent when I said that. Oh no, that's not good for anybody. But here's my question. This brings up a new topic. How, I, I cannot wait to talk to Hannah. It's going to be one of my first questions. How often was she sick on this show? I know. We've seen her sick like almost every week. The poor girls had like a constant flu. She's still looking great. There was another yeah. cryptic thing she posted on Instagram that I think is now gone. It was her at the um, Dodgers game and she said something and it was the day that the Jed news broke, but it looks deleted now. Interesting. Let me see. I'm going to type that in right now. Okay. While you do yeah, that. While you do that, keep talking. While I do that, keep talking. Well, while you do that, Ashley, let's take a break and let's talk to everybody about some of our favorite sponsors who we care so much about. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. <laughs> 
<laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back. And this season, we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about something we all can relate to, hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns, ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I, I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long, oh, no, ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let them sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. 
a story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio wants you to be part of history and watch the entire world of music converge on Las Vegas for our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Two nights, one stage with performances you've never seen before and, hey, won't ever see again. Alicia Keys, Cage the Elephant, Camila Cabello, Chance the Rapper, Def Leppard, French Montana, Halsey, Hart, Her, Hootie and the Blowfish, Ashley, tell us about the rest. Marshmallow, Miley Cyrus, Mumford and Sons, Steve Aoki with special guests Darren Chris and Monsta X, Tim McGraw, Zach Brown Band, and more. September 20th and 21st at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Two nights, one stage, tickets start at just $75, and they're selling fast. Get yours now at AXS.com and get all the info at iHeartRadio.com. Our sponsors keep this thing going, but Ashley, before break, was talking about how there's a cryptic Instagram message that Hannah has sent out that has now been deleted, we think, but she's found it. Ashley, tell our listeners. Yeah, so she has deleted it, I think. (laughs) Looking at her profile, a couple weeks ago when the Jed thing came out, Hannah posted a picture of her throwing the first pitch out at a Dodgers game, and the caption read, throwing out pitches snitches referring to possibly Lindsay jed's ex as a snitch Ooh, throwing out pitches snitches the day of i do got to give hannah credit that if she is really cryptically writing these messages she does a pretty freaking good job at it yeah like I know. she her tweets are really funny they're super cryptic they're hard to understand sometimes, but if you read through them, you're like, oh, I get it. Like, girl, smart. She's getting it. Um, speaking oh. of Jed, we've got to jump in here. Uh, we're running out of time, but we've got to talk about Jed's hometown. I think it was a train wreck. I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, the Jed, and again, I, I say all of this, Ashley, because I, unfortunately, I've dismissed Jed from the show because of what we found out about him. I also don't love that his ex-girlfriend has gone on every single, it feels like, podcast or talk show out there to discuss this thing. It no longer makes this thing feel like an organic like situation. It just feels like there's a story to be told, and she's telling it. But I'm not a fan that Jed did this whole thing. I don't know the backstory. We've never talked to Jed, and hopefully we can get him on the podcast soon to, to get to the bottom of it. But once again, music is a part of his date. We've never seen anything like this so before. Weird. What's your thought? It's so bizarre. How like he's admitted that he came on to promote his career, and like we've said before, we've never seen any other musician get so much music screen time. 
I that that being said, I mean, I think it was super. It was super crazy. It's super crazy that the hometown was them writing a song in a studio, and then they went to the family in which, like, they literally were like, "We're more supportive of his music career than we are with his relationship, possibly with you." Uh, but but I I have to say that it was a very genuine moment when they were at the mic singing the song together. I was like, okay, I feel this. This feels really genuine. I feel like maybe he fell in love with her. So then I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, Jared, I think he does love her. And this is like all just too bad. (laughs) And then he goes, does it matter? And I go, well, yeah, of course it matters. It makes me feel good that he, you know, that he genuinely did end up falling for her totally unexpectedly. But he goes, but in the end, does it matter? And I go, I guess not, because although it makes me feel better (laughs) about his character, at the end of the day, he's not somebody that maybe it doesn't make me feel better about his character, but it makes me just feel it makes me like have feel good that he got tricked. And damn it. What is the words here? What are the words here? He got I like the way that the process he the process worked for him and like was like haha jokes on you it worked and you never even thought it was a possibility that's what i like he got what he had coming for him like he went into this whole thing saying i'm not here to be famous he says that up front and he almost tries to get ahead of the game by saying oh i wasn't here I, i came to be famous and i fell in love and so he's helping like diffuse the 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 argument that he ultimately knows will come down the line later and then we kind of all believe him. I remember it. We all believed him. We're yeah. like, that's kind of cool that he did that. And we get it. And then at the very end, it turns back on him and it blows back up in his face. So thank you. Yes. Jokes on him. That's what I kind of like about it. Uh, but then when Jared was like, but does it matter at the end of the day? And I'm like, I guess you're right. I, I guess it doesn't because you can't be in a relationship with somebody that you can't trust no matter how much you love them because trust is such a crucial part of a relationship and hannah when she finds this this news out about the girlfriend i don't think she's ever going to be able to fully trust him it's it's a really it's going to be really interesting how this whole thing ends but i think one telling factor was how his family treated hannah on the hometown date oh i would have been so turned off and i would have like had a conversation with him after that hometown date yeah, I mean, it feels like they wanted to, but they didn't want to throw him under the bus on national television. They felt I felt like they were being like tongue in cheek the whole time, wanting to tell him, hey, what's going on here? While at the same time, not saying anything because they knew it would make him look like an idiot. And I think he was probably sitting there the whole time nervous going, I know what there's going through their head. I want to tell them I'm trying to like cryptically tell them that everything's fine and that I have this under control. But at the same time, I bet they're freaking out because now I'm bringing a girl home saying I'm in love with her and we're going off to hometown or fantasy suites together. So you you do think that they were acting so rudely, bizarrely because they were like, what the heck is going on here? And like in some way, maybe they were trying to deter Hannah from picking him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good for them, too. Yeah, yeah. I wish they would have done it in a way that didn't seem so offensive towards Hannah. They seemed to like really be lit. The mom and the sister, especially the mom, really seemed to belittle and demean the process of the bachelorette. 
And it's just so ironic that she said, I'm sure you're saying I love you to all these guys. And Hannah was like, no, no, I, I really haven't. And then she's the one who has the son who said, I love you to another girl right before going on the show. Mm-hmm. How wild is that? Right. So crazy. Well, I got to respect the parents. And I know people were really? like giving the parents a little grief last night. Yes. But think about the situation they're in, Ashley. Like we need to understand the, the place that they're sitting in. Their son comes home with a woman who he was had a girlfriend two months before. They're not only angry with him. They're confused by the show. The show's invading their house. He's telling them he loves her. Like they're probably really confused and they just want to, they're, they're going to be distant. They're going to be a little bit angry. They're going to say things that probably don't make sense because nothing that's happening in their own household is making sense right now to them. Okay. Like, uh, you can't be upset with them. We should say that Lindsay in her many interviews has said that she did meet the family. So that would, you know, contribute to the confusion of, you know, what the heck is going on with with this we just met a girl that you said that you loved and you said that you were just leaving for career reasons and all that but i'm just i'm super confused by why they would put so much sass towards hannah because the mom's eyes like the mom and the sister's eyes just had so much coldness to them why didn't we see conversations between the mom and the sister with jed and them giving sass to jed and, and why would they be cold towards Hannah? It's not Hannah's issue. It was Jed's issue. So even like as a loving parent, you're still going to be like, there's some, this is, this is wrong. You're doing something wrong. Hannah's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. But I got to think about my parents in this situation where I know if my parents had something like this happening, they'd be so thrown off and their attitudes would have been so negative and confused that their whole persona would have been cold to everybody. Really? Okay. Like, yeah. There, there's no like turning it on or off with my parents, right? If you're turn, if if something's happened that's turned them off, they're going to be turned off to everybody. Like it, at least for that period of time, and it's in their own home, so they're not able to like get get away and like take ten, ten deep breaths to like regroup. This is all happening to them at once, and I wouldn't be surprised because they don't understand the whole situation if they're grouping Hannah in with this whole experience and they're not able to compartmentalize them and say, Oh, Hannah really has nothing to do with this. I wonder if they're thinking, Oh, Hannah knows all about this. Like what, what, I mean, I bet they want to ask Jed the question, does Hannah know about Lindsay? But mm -hmm. they didn't because they're smart enough to say, wait, that could be bad if she doesn't. But what if she does and she's good with it? Then we're angry at everybody. Here. Yeah. Part of me was wondering whether or not they were like, this is just a show like this is all just for show she's in it because it's a show and he's in it because yeah. it's a show and i don't even know why they're saying these like love things like they probably think of the show completely unromantically definitely yeah they think it's just a show and it's unfair a little bit to any family that gets involved in this thing because they didn't sign up for it they're not prepared for it all of a sudden you know 50 people show up to your house. They start moving furniture around. They start putting in cameras. You know, all this stuff is going on. You're sitting in your living room talking about, you know, your son in a way that you've never talked about him before. And then all of a sudden everybody shows up and, and the fun begins. It's unfair to every family that ever has to do it. Some do it better than others. Some like it more than others. But at the end of the day, it's not fair to any family. It's just not it's not an enjoyable experience. And this family was definitely the ones that had the most writing on it. They had a lot to, lot to process in a very short period of time. I think it's very unfair for any viewer to criticize Jed's family or really any family during this experience because it the it's hard to process. You can't process it, especially if you have a son 
who's making it harder on you to process. Like for me, when I sat down with my parents, I gave them a rundown. I said, hey, this is how I need you to enter, like act right now. Like I need you to be welcoming, graceful. When you're confused, know that it will be sorted out or ask me. But don't overanalyze any of this stuff. Just make sure that you're getting to know these women the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Jed sat down and was like, I'm falling in love with the girl, this girl. And they're like, you just told us that a month and a half ago with Lindsay. Like, what's do you, happening? Do you think that that's why they were like, it's a musician's lifestyle? Like they kept talking about like, he's a musician. He's not ready to settle down. Do we think that it's just because like he likes to just hang out with a lot of girls or do we think that they actually want, they actually think that he can't focus on his career with the relationship? Time out. Is Jed making money singing no, music right I mean, now? Well, we know what the people article said. They said that the dad was paying for part of his rent every month. They also said that he had a zillion side hustles, which means that he's probably like, well, we actually know that he performed forms sort of at like not a strip club in like in Nashville but like a shirtless club yeah so like we can't say this is a musician's lifestyle like well it's not let's not group him well, in with musicians that we think I, I know well, some really good musicians it's a struggling musician's lifestyle a struggling it's a struggling musician's lifestyle he's not ready for to, to settle down because of his career fair well I mean let's lay it on the table he 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 doesn't make money being a musician, the people article says that his dad's paying for his rent. Uh, he, he doesn't have a consistent album out. Like as a result, we, ha- we could, we could definitely point to, you're not probably ready to settle down in a committed relationship. Yeah. Totally. I think that's great. But do you think it's that weird? Is- do you think it's weird that like, um, they made it seem like they were putting his music career before him finding love? Uh, mm- no, I mean, because it's what he's pointed to wanting to want what he wants. Like they're going off of what they knew about Jed when he left for the show. When he left for the show, his main concern was his career. Um, and so they're trying to get behind and support that. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a family's place to prioritize the kids, uh, you know, desires or their wants. But it is their their place to hopefully support those. And so they're just saying, Jed, when you left, you said you wanted to be a musician. Yeah. When you left, you said this was going to be good for your career. Hey, Jed, that's what we got behind and supported because when you're questioning your motives and saying, hey, is this a good idea? You have a girlfriend and you said, hey, it's just for my career. That's what we got behind and supported. And now you're saying you're in love. Oh, I don't get it. I just had a thought. Perhaps this was the family's way. Because remember how Jed said that he was going to go on and then like he would make it to hopefully five or four and then he'd have a great platform for having a career, but he didn't intend to go all the way. Yeah. So maybe this was the family's way of trying to get him out of the relationship and being like, okay, he's made it far enough. Now let's back out. That was the plan that he was going to back out. There's so much here, Ashley. I, I don't disagree with you. There's so much here from these hometowns that we can take away for the first time in a few seasons. I feel like the hometowns are really pointing to uh, what the next few episodes could look like and would look like one interesting email we got from a listener. Delaney says promos though are ruining this season. I want to talk about the social well, media promos yeah, for the show this season. Meant. I'm starting to feel like when Hannah and Chris Harrison promote the episodes, they basically tell us where they're going, who is going the dates and where the dates are. The only things left out seem to be who is sent home. I know they want to promote the show, but does anyone else miss the days where everything was a surprise and we didn't even know what the country they're going to. Maybe they're trying to keep up with reality. Steve, I, I do think that's a possibility. I also think um, that pointing back to our final conversation about Jed, is there so much going to happen this season that they haven't really ruined anything? Okay. I, I really believe that. 
Um, Ashley, I believe you fi- if that's what you say. <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, we broke down each uh, each hometown. Uh, Peter's was pretty normal, really good, really healthy. Tyler's uh, was emotional. We got to know him better. We enjoyed it. It left well. Luke's was still a little confusing. It was his best week by far. He was more likable than he wasn't. But there's still things that we don't know about Luke that we will get to know very soon. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get to know a lot about Luke's own personal feelings and values uh, in the next following weeks. And finally, Jed. Jed is just one it's hard for us to process. I mean, how are we going to process a guy that we know had a girlfriend leading up to the show? How are we going to even at any level enjoy any sweet nothings he says or sings to Hannah and his family? Let's take let's give him a break. Like, I totally get it. Let's let's not put them uh, responsible for the terrible decisions that Jed has made leading up to this experience. Uh, Ashley, after this week, uh, can you rank these four guys and then tell us who your favorite for next bachelor is? Tyler, Peter, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair. fair. That's kind of how Hannah felt, I think, right? She left everybody stayed because she was like, Tyler, Peter, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's talk about that, that rose ceremony really quickly. How did you feel about her um, just deciding to, to take everyone to Fantasy Suites? I thought it was a great idea. I think that Fantasy Suites weeks is usually the week that you learn the most about somebody. Alone time is really critical, as we've talked about before on this podcast many times. And um, I feel like if she really is so torn, I, I feel like they should never have to eliminate somebody if, like she said, she didn't feel like the relationship would have been complete. She would have like been left wondering what if, and I think that what we should do in life is eliminate as many what ifs as possible. Yeah, I, I agree, and no, I think it's fair. I'm not mad at her at all for keeping people around. I think it's it's gets it. There's too much confusion still. Uh, Jed's hometown date was so confusing to her that she was like, "Wait, I love this guy. I like this guy. I was falling in love with him, and now." I'm confused. Luke's was like, I kind of liked him more after going to his hometown. And yet this guy has been a puzzle piece the whole time that I just can't crack. And the other two are like, of course they're going to be around. I like them both. So no, I think it's fair. Keep them around. It just makes it more fun uh, in the following weeks of uh, fantasy suites. But what about the inner, um, the, the moment that we saw Jed react to the fact that he was so torn, that she was so torn in that moment. Like he didn't respond very well he was like, oh, she's she's putting me and Luke on the same ranking. Right now, it makes sense to me. I mean, I see it from an outsider's perspective. I don't know how he was feeling internally, but I'm looking at it as a, as a viewer going, yeah, they're definitely on the same ranking. We're both just confused by him. Like, we just don't even know anymore. So but, uh, I, but that I don't was mind like, him getting upset. Do you think I that I, I feel like, honestly, they that was uh, a move because they knew that Jed would be the most sensitive about that. I don't think the family turned Hannah off that much. I think they knew that Tyler and Pete kind of, they've been so even killed, calm and cool headed the entire time. If they were going to get a reaction from someone, it would have been Jed against Luke. Yeah. Like, I feel like truly, Jed belongs with the other three and like the only the one that would have been eliminated in that moment would have been Luke. I don't think they're in the same category in Hannah's head. The good part is now for next week that none of them will interact. And so we'll see all three of them separate four of them separately. 
uh, Jed just got has to get over himself and move on. And I think Fantasy Suites will be telling to see where their relationships stand. I don't know at this point. As I said, I'm kind of like Jed's family. I feel like I'm just confused at what's happening. Like, how has he gone this far, keeping playing music the whole time, and at the same time of all of it, he has a girl back home. I don't know how to process this. And then with Luke, Luke's been a mystery the whole season. We were talking four weeks ago about why he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. And now we're finally saying we're, we're at some time point saying it kind of makes sense. Like she's still interested and intrigued. The next few weeks, Ashley, I'm pumped for. Uh, we're going to continue to break it down. We're not taking any more weeks off until this whole thing's done. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we pump out, you know, two episodes at some point just because it's so much fun to talk. I think we do uh, have two episodes coming up. Extra, an do. extra bonus. That's right, Ash. Ash, um, you're the best. What a great week for Bachelor Nation. What a great week for hometowns. Uh, in your opinion, uh, who's the next Bachelor? I mean, I would hope that who I want to be the next Bachelor, Hannah ends up with, which would be Ooh. Tyler. Okay. But I well, also, like, he's my choice for Bachelor, and he's my choice for Hannah. I think uh, Tyler is probably uh, most people's choice for the next Bachelor, but I also think he might be with Hannah. But can I don't I know how this something? plays out, though. Yeah. Um, I feel like the an ideal world would probably be Hannah ends up with Tyler and then Peter becomes the bachelor. Ashley, I hope that for the rest of your life, you can live in your own ideal world. That's what I hope for you, <laughs> Ashley. And that's what I hope for all of our listeners. Hey, it's been a great week. It's been a great episode of the Almost Famous podcast. With that, we love you. We thank you. Thanks for dealing with us being uh, gone last week. We needed it. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Toodaloo. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.